the old chaos that devoured the once proud ivory king and the profane flame that lit the sky ablaze. Could these two flames be one and the same? Is not chaos itself profane in nature? Did the flame continue to burn on the same tract of land, subjugating the people nearby and forcing its leaders to attempt to hide it from the world? Most notably the Ivory King and Lady Alsana. Was it not the sisters of this silent oracle that triggered the curse of this flame? The old chaos beneath Elaine Lois is an interesting mystery indeed, and the more I looked into it, the more of a conundrum it became. It's certainly a reference to the Flame of Chaos, but is it the Flame of Chaos? Or perhaps a different but similar flame altogether? That was the question that I needed to answer first. But the answer I've come up with is that I'm still not entirely sure. And the handful of descriptions from armor sets and the Ivory King's soul and weapons in Dark Souls 2, more often than not, the C in Chaos is not capitalized when talking about the chaos the Lois Knights plunged into. Which is confusing because an unruly flame would be chaotic and plunging into it would be plunging into chaos. But chaos with a capitalized C would be more specific to the actual flame of chaos. So you can now see my conundrum there. Not to mention the idea of the flame of chaos originated in Iceland and how far can a flame really travel and questions of that nature. So, what I concluded was that what is known as the Flame of Chaos and the Profane Flame could be synonymous. Profane is defined as something secular or non-religious, which is exactly what the Flame of Chaos would be considered within the universe of Dark Souls. The sins of Isolith are brought up repeatedly, and the twisted malformed creatures imposed upon the world from its flame are, at least in the grand scheme of things, unholy. So perhaps it is its own piece of the flame of chaos distorted even further. The Axe Eleonora reads, A strange weapon found among malformed inhabitants of the profane capital. The profane flame was triggered by the curse of these women relatives of a certain oracle, but despite their culpability they went on living without any cares. The only named oracle in Dark Souls is Alsana, and is who I think this description has to be talking about. When Manus was killed he was shattered into tiny pieces, which would give birth to particular beings that inhabited Manus's emotions. These shards would go on seeking power and ruin, manipulating kings to their dark will and putting kingdoms to disarray. Alsana was for the most part the exception to her fragment sisters. She was the manifestation of Manus's fear and latched on to the Ivory King for the comfort his power brought her. She would later realize that the king knew this and cared for her all the same. 
So thus Alsana sits and watch over the chaos that her king failed to defeat, selflessly for her king. Quite the opposite that we see from her sisters. So the profane flame was triggered by the relatives of a certain oracle, that oracle being Alsana and the relatives being the other shards of Manus. Even the enemy that drops the Eleonora Axe was called the Monstrosity of Sin, and it's a giant hand monster. And Manus literally is translated to mean hand. And it was his giant weird hand that pulled the Chosen Undead into the past, which inevitably spelled his demise. The symbolism is all there. But why would the Shard of Manus trigger this chaotic and profane flame? I have a bit of an idea on that. The Ivory King Ultra Great Sword reads, It is said that the Ivory King was once the highest ranking knight in his home of Ferosa, famed for its god of war. After taking his crown, they say he was the first to swing his sword in times of need, be it for his homeland or his people. The Ferosa part is interesting because it's known for its god of war, which we know to be the firstborn of Lord Gwyn, which probably means that Elaine Lois, ruled by the former highest ranking knight of Ferosa, likely would have sided with the tradition of linking the fire and extending its age. Elaine Lois definitely has its connections to Ferosa, more so than just its king. It's also intriguing to consider the description of the North Order robes found within the frozen Elaine Lois. It reads, Ferosans venerated the god of war and sages who led warriors into battle were called North Warders. North Warders earned their title only after completing a great journey of great hardship, after which they would be worshipped as oracles of war gods. Now again, Alsana is the only named oracle we know of, which isn't to say necessarily that she led the Knights of Voice into battle to earn this title. Perhaps being close to the king had its benefits and she earned the title in a different way, but that isn't really important. I draw from this that as time went on, Alsana was the one shard of Manus who forsook her purpose in a way. Instead she cared for her king and her people, again the opposite of the other shards. And in doing so, it seems stood behind the ideologies of Lois and Ferosa, which is also the exact opposite of the darkness sought by the other shards. Now the reason I explain all this is because I think that is the reason the profane flame was triggered by Osana's sisters, because she found and or achieved what they didn't, call it anger, jealousy, whatever but I think it was a vengeful act in spite of Alsana. Now, that's all well and interesting, but it doesn't quite draw all the parallels of the profane flame and the old chaos being the same. 
That would mean the profaned capital was built on the remains of a land voice. And I think there may be some evidence of that. The profaned capital certainly has its ties to Dark Souls too, which we can start looking no further than the corpse of poor Laddersmith Gilligan. Then there's obviously Eleonora, which is in reference to the Shards of Manus, the Oni Slayer Grapo, which is the Elon Grapo, and if you buy into the idea that Carla is also a Shard of Manus, then she's just on the outskirts of the profane capital in Irithil Dungeon. There's even Yorm the Giant, which I believe is the biggest tie-in to Dark Souls 2. His soul reads, Yorm is the descendant of an ancient conqueror, but was asked by the very people once subjugated to lead them, serving as both a weighty blade and a stone-hard shield. I believe the ancient conqueror Yorm descended from to be the very giant lord who invaded and conquered Drenglaic in retaliation for Vendrick stealing from the giants and enslaving them. Asked by the people once subjugated could be in reference to the fact that giants were slaves in Drenglaic, but eventually the people needed Yorm's strength. And more specifically, they needed it against the profaned flame. Perhaps because after the Ivory King's demise, the flame could be left unchecked. And of course, we know Yorm tried to fight fire with fire, as his cinders read, Cinders of a lord left by Yorm the giant. Lonely Yorm became a lord of cinder to put the profaned flame to rest, knowing full well that those who spoke of him as a lord were quite insincere. Of course, that didn't work out so well for the denizens around the flame, but by now we of course know that being in proximity to any sort of named flame in Dark Souls is probably a bad idea. The profaned flame pyromancy reads, The profaned capital was consumed by fire after Yorm the Giant became a lord of cinder. The fire born of the sky is said to have incinerated naught but human flesh. That is, of course, to be expected because we knew from the beginning that the flame itself was triggered by a curse, so naturally things wouldn't have gone as expected. We also know that the old chaos was down below the frozen township of Alea Lois, almost in the same manner that the profaned capital is down below the frozen township of Irithil. The profaned greatsword reads, A ceremonial sword held in Pontiff Sullivan's right hand, representing the profaned flame. Long ago, when Sullivan was yet a young sorcerer, he discovered the profaned capital, and an unfading flame below a distant tundra of the earth, though. and a burning ambition took root within him. An unending flame below a frozen landscape sounds exactly like a lamb voice. In fact, a lot of things about the Pontiff are kind of reminiscent of some of the traditions that came out of Laemlois. Take, for 
For example, Sullivan being a sorcerer, which could be in reference to the sorcerers we see in the profaned capital. The court sorcerer robes read, Robe worn by court sorcerers of the profaned capital. The formal gold stitching suggests they may have also been oracles. There are many sorcerers who claim to airship to the great sage Big Hat Logan, and the profaned capital houses one of two leading schools. Now, I'm not going to get started on how Logan might be included in the profaned capital or flame, because it'd be a deep rabbit hole. And I don't think it's particularly important to this theory. It is interesting, though, at the idea that the court sorcerers could possibly be oracles as well, which could allude back to the sages at Alain Lois becoming oracles. There also seems to be a similarity in designs between the Lois knight armor set and Sullivan's Outrider knights, as well as similarities between those who inhabit the two armors. Let's read the descriptions. The charred Lois armor reads, these knights of Lois plunged into the old chaos with their lord, and lost their sense of self. To this day, they still burn in agony alongside their once proud king. And the outrider knight armor reads, These knights were given the eyes of the pontiff, but the eyes transformed them into savage raving warriors who only knew how to serve as mindless guards. So not exactly the same, but the outcomes are similar. Losing your sense of self and mindlessly attacking. But that of course isn't an uncommon theme in Dark Souls. I do want to point out that the Pontiff's use of eyes to constantly hound his knights is quite interesting, especially considering Elaine Lois also placed importance on the eyes of their priestesses. The eye of the priestess reads, The eye of the first priestess who watched over Elaine Lois allows one to see the unseen. All the great priestesses replaced one of their birth eyes with this returning it after their term was complete. The tradition of using eyes to watch over certain aspects of their kingdom to help keep locked away the flame could be where Sullivan derived his use of eyes within his own people. Finally, let's take a look at the vessel shield. Its description reads, Shield depicting a priestess of Elaine Lois. The priestesses who devoted themselves to appeasing the ancient flame are no longer. Now, a reason they could be no longer is that Elaine Lois itself is no longer, or their hearts were turned by the profaned flame. But if you look at the shield itself, the priestess watching over the flame inside some sort of goblet-like vessel, or kind of what looks like its own lord vessel, if you will. Not unlike what these seemingly priestesses are doing with a flame at the profaned capital, 
I think all of these would be coincidences between a lame voice and the profaned capital in Irithyll are too many to be nothing. So, stranger, 